0: So the first question we ask everybody who come on the show is, when you first got to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass?
1: Uh, I don't know. It, I, it wasn't like I didn't get crossed or nothing. No, we played against Memphis. Mike Conley.
2: That Mac-11. That Mac-11. Was he hit you with the right-hand runners? He was just
1: like, anything that we tried just didn't work. Like We tried to double him. He split the pick and roll. We iso, he would spin and do a right-handed floater. Uh. He was
2: just tough to guard. Him, Mike Conley, and Drew Holiday were the two guys that that had my number for a while. Hey, Drew Holiday, one of the most slept on in my book. Like, he'd been a problem for a long time, just flying on the rain. I'm talking about both sides of the ball, but, yeah, he tough. Yeah. Oh, oh, John Wall, man. Oh, he – I think I had – we played at Washington, and he would just let me drive by him and just poke the ball from behind, like, seven – I think I had eight turnovers that game, bro. No, that (laughs) reminds me – my first two years – My nemesis was Katino Mobley. I was kind of like a post-up guard, so I would, you know, try and bang, 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 and score. Exactly what you just said made me think of that. Because every time I body him, body him, body him, he'd just sit there, take, take. As soon as I turn and go up, swipe, swipe. Like, he literally was the reason. I went home one summer, and I worked on nothing but keeping this ball. I came back the next year, and as soon as he went to go do it, I protected and scored on him. I I felt so accomplished, like, dude. Because just like you said, it was like, he let me do what I want to do. And as soon as I turn around, he swipe it. He swipe it. my best friend, my boy, real life. Gee, if you let him swipe that ball for you one more time, bro, <laughs> nothing I could do. Hey, Coach
1: took me out so quick when I had like two or three turnovers, like back to back to back.
2: I was like, yeah, this is just not my night. Yo, 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 live on location. You know, I'm here in Orlando with the blackest one chilling. We staying at home, staying safe today, man. We got a very, very special, special guest today. We got the Glitch, the pride <laughs> of Kitchener Canada, the man, the myth, the young budding superstar legend, Jamal Murray in the building with us, man. We appreciate you for showing up with us, young boy. We didn't think you had time after all that bubble walk you was doing out there, but we appreciate you. Thanks for having me, fam. Are you ready, Black? I love how you just call this man Black. Like, that is, that is so crazy. No, we, you know, we, we, this, this, this is my oldest son That's right funny. here, man. We go back so far, you know, it's just, you know.
0: You know, man, you no, you, my oldest boy I always out here, you know, <laughs> trying to show up, but you know, I got to take care of <laughs> But no, my, I got so many nicknames, Black. They used to, when I was in high school, they used to call me Big Funk. Big <laughs> Funk. Okay. Big That's, funk. That's
1: like an old school name, man. Yeah,
0: but, but you know, some old school guys gave it to me. They was like, man, he out there dunking that funk. These one of these guys that used to listen to George Clinton, <laughs> them, the old school <laughs> funk, <laughs> they said funk. I hated that name, but when I started seeing people say see it with like, mm. I was amazing, like, mm. you know what that is? That's big funk. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm big funk. Yeah.
1: You, you started growing to that name.
0: Like, I started yeah. growing into it, but I got so many nicknames, and they always call me black. So they
1: call they call like a lot of my hometown friends
0: here call me glitch. <laughs> yeah, so you know, see them nicknames come on out, and and, yeah. and they will not stop saying it. Nah, no matter and, how big you get, they are not. Straight, they <laughs> won't stop saying. It. I still go back home, and they be like, "What up, funk?"
1: And we'd be playing one on one, and they'd be like, "Ma, you a glitch, bro? Like you just." Gotta take the CD out. Gotta give it one of oh. these
0: and put it back in, type stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a hard thing right there. <laughs> 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 so you went to Grand River first.
1: Yeah, I went to Grand River for grade nine and ten, and then Orangeville Prep for my last two years of high school. How, how
0: was it at Grand River when you was hooping at Grand River?
1: It was cool. I mean, I was the guy on that team too, doing everything, and I had all of my friends in here. I was, I'm like five minutes away from it right now, so. Well, those were some good times and a lot of those friends and teammates that i used to play with what made you leave uh i need to get my academics straight to be able to go to college because in canada i have different academics i think or requirements and um yeah i just wanted to start like building what i can and start getting the attention that we needed because we didn't have all the attention that we have now so i was kind of pioneering that sense of going to ai and staying in canada going to prep school staying in canada and, and do what i do you mean know, Next year, in grade 12, we had Thawmaker come to the school too. How was so, that to um, see somebody from then.
2: that huge, like not big, but like tall and that talented in high school? Because I remember when he first popped on the scene and you seeing the mixtapes and all that crazy stuff. How was that for you? And you in high school and like you said, you the guy. They bring this kid and say you about to get to play with him.
1: It was a lot of fun. It's kind of the same thing. We had a one-two punch in high school, then I had a one-two punch in Kentucky. Then one or two punches in, in Denver. So it's just kind of the same trend over and over. It's been a lot of fun and I was a great kid. He worked so hard and, uh, you know, you respect guys that put in that much work and you see it pay off of them, so.
0: So you wanted to stay in Canada. I know, one there a couple of like U.S. prep schools trying to get you to come to their school and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I forget the names, but Huntington Prep, might have been Mount Vernon and somewhere else, I think, on me. But I, be- I was the first Canadian to stay in Canada and, and play from here. So kind of brought the attention to Canada instead of going to the States. Talk, talk had, about
2: had. talk about the, the sense of pride you taking that, man. Cause like y'all done really literally exploded. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm talking about like the Canadian basketball scene, the type of players that y'all been putting out. Y'all starting to really pump out some major talent. Talk about the pride you guys taking that.
1: Yeah, well, I think we've always had the talent. We've always had guys that can hoop, just never had the opportunity to do it in front of coaches, you know, in college and stuff. So. Uh, we've always had a talent, but you know, now that we got some guys, you know, uh, with some names and stuff, definitely, you know, you see some youngins starting to come up, starting to work a little harder, you know, to do more things and do more necessary things to get to where they want to go. So it's fun to be a pioneer and you know, have these little kids look at me and then actually have a chance to have a shot at being in the same position.
0: How was your experience with the national team? I know you, was, I know you was real young, but how was that? Did that help your game? Like step up?
1: The Pan Am Games. Yeah. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Oh, that was so much fun! Cause I was my first time like playing like with like grown men like on a legit team. I've right. played, you know, when I'm young, I was ten years old playing with twelve years old. I was twelve playing with sixteen, and then my right. playing with my dad's friends and they would beat them. I've always been used to it, but to play on like a legit team, like a association, and you know, have guys with kids and stuff like, and I'm their starting point guard. You know, go out there and play like that It was a lot of fun. It was a real uh, experience
2: for me. So, um, you guys watch that game against the USA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we checked that. Yeah, man, you could talk your ish. I know what you did. You you did what you did. You could you could you know no, no, you could I, I, we could I, I, graze I over the little I bit talk about how you it. came through and you <laughs> did like that's when I was looking like who is this little light skinned dude out here doing this thing <laughs> like dead serious. That's when I like for me that was the first blip on the radar. I like okay, this Murray kid. What's so? okay Jamal Murray? Okay, then he went to Kentucky <laughs> and it was like okay.
0: And like you know, this is your country. Like when they select you, it's like man. I know when when I got selected in that high school to play with the USA team, it was a like different level. So real, like man, yeah. I, I didn't even know they knew my name. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I know how you feel when you come up through that your country asking you to come play for them, you represent your country, and you playing with the top talent in in
2: Canada. Like that's a that's a big step. It mm. really is. From what age did you feel like? where you started to be that guy, where you got the confidence. Like you say, when you were seven, you playing with 10, 12-year-olds. Like, at what point did it click for you? Like, not only can I do this, I could really do this. And like, now I'm starting to get confident about the way that I could do this. From early,
1: from early, even when I was in grade, like whatever. When I was playing basketball, when I switched schools from grade three to four, and I went to a different school. I was like, okay, let's see what this basketball team got. You know, let's see who's on the team. Because I knew I was the best on my right. team, so I'm going to go to a different school and see. Grade, grade four, I'm talking about grade four. Yeah. So I'm going to see, okay, let's play with my these, these guys, and I'm hooping with them. I'm giving them everything I got. And it's like they just couldn't hang out with me. They just couldn't. And so I've always had that. Like, I've always been more skilled than everybody out there and be able to do different stuff. So... It's always about, you know, just kind of claiming my spot. You know, when I'm going to the team, I'm claiming, okay, I'm better than everybody else that they think should be better than me. So it's just all about prove myself. So I've been trying to prove myself all my life, and that carried over to everywhere
2: until now. So that definitely answers the question, because for for guys like you that that start out, like you're saying, you were the best player on your team in third grade. So where did you get the wherewithal to continue to get better and to continue to come And work at it when you already were a better player on, you know what I'm saying, from a young age. Because usually, it's been, it's not all the time. It's rare. That's what I'm saying. You are you kind of a rarity where the guys that normally at a young age start out the best, they don't normally finish that way. You know what I'm saying? They don't finish doing what you did, being on the Pan American team. They sometimes, some of them do. Mm -hmm. but that's why I'm saying like, what was in you that made you continue, like you said, to continue to say, I got to prove myself, I got to do this, but you already one of the the best players or the most skilled players on the
1: team. Um. First of all, I just put a lot of work into my craft. Like I'm not just out here just trying to get better. I'm trying to like be the best player every time I step on the court, no matter who it is, whoever who thinks is better than me or, or whatever it is. Like I've always had that and I've always put the work in first and coming from Canada, you go to the States and you see, you know, the guys with the hype, you see the guys with the mixtapes, you see the guys dunking and, right. you know, have the crowd hype. And it's like, I know I'm better than this kid. I just know that he has the cameras and all the exactly. support behind him. So they had a better support system from the beginning. So now, as a Canadian, I'm coming in knowing I'm already better than these kids. It's just a matter of me going out there and it every single night. And so that's what I just try to do. And, you know, it works because I, I keep that chip on me everywhere I go.
0: We asked him on here and he was talking about like when he was coming up, they weren't showing too many games, like college games or not a crazy amount of like NBA games or, or stuff like that. You chose to go to Kentucky. Like, did you see a lot of college games or a lot of other to- college teams coming up?
1: Uh, I didn't really watch a lot of college, honestly. I kind of had like a couple of schools I was interested in or, or I liked from afar, but I never really looked into it. I was kind of focused on the moment where I was at. Because I, I can't, I don't really know much about USA College, so I just learned do my job, to be honest.
0: So what made you choose Kentucky? It was gonna be Kentucky or Oregon.
1: Okay,
2: was good. anybody else who could have <laughs> yeah. Did you take the visit oh. to Oregon? And did they take you to, did yeah. they take oh, you to oh, oh, the oh, shoe oh, room? I the shoe did. room had you at hello. You was my my almost, mind. hey listen, my you my was mind. almost done <laughs> when they took you to the shoe vault, I know it.
1: They took me to the football field. They took me to the renovated. They had barber shops where the classes were. They had. They had everything. It was crazy. I'd never seen no facility like that. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> but it was just so far away from home. It was a forty-hour drive from my parents. And Kentucky was eight. It was gonna be my first year in the states. And you know, we just wanted to kind of play it safe and go somewhere closer where so they could still visit. And obviously, Kentucky is you know the number one school right. in terms of basketball. So you no, know, it worked out. That's dope.
0: When you chose to go to Kentucky, you know, this is the school where all the top players go. Y'all, y'all going to get about five top players every single year. So, you know, going in with that talent and a coach like Calipari and so forth on, did you go in and like, all right, I know if I do my thing in Kentucky, I'm here. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Like, I know I'm good enough. Like, if I can get to Kentucky, what I was doing in Canada works over here too. It's all, <laughs> you know what I'm
1: saying? How did you feel about going there? You no, know, Pops told me if I do what I need to do, I'm only there for a year. Like, my plan the whole time was I need to play how I want to play now. Like, I can't wait. There's no waiting around because I don't want to be staying there for two, three, four years. So I just went in and did my work early. I had a rough start, but Coach figured it out, helped me figure it out, and everything else was history.
0: Coach Calipari always speaks highly of you. Like, he... Like, you was one of his favorite players. I mean, he better. I, 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 I mean, put I'm putting some work for him, man. <laughs> but every time I see him talk about you, he always speak highly of you. And What did you learn that one year that you spent at Kentucky?
1: Uh, I, he just he was just hard on me all the time. You know, he would stay on top of me, stay on top of me. You know, from just missing open shots to, you know, knowing that the team relies on me to make a shot or be better defensively or grabbing the ball with two hands instead of one or just kind of him more out of me every single night. And plus, I wasn't playing the point. I, we had Tyler and we had Briscoe, so I had to be that guy that would stretch the floor and be able to knock down shots. So I was playing the two guard, and that kind of changed my game and changed how everybody looked at me. And Oh, he could shoot like that. We well, didn't you know now he's right. a combo. You no, know, he kind of stretched my game and you know, showed more of it. Even though people say he held me back because he definitely held me back from handling the ball.
2: But he got me to get my shot in. All our college coaches me. held us back at something. bro. Like, he did he <laughs> have a college coach. He, he played. He, ha- he went straight to high school. But all of, anybody that was the man in college, you look at him, they be like, yeah, I could have did a little bit more. But you know. Could bad. have a little bit more, man. Would you rather take away your shots or take away your dribble? <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah, see, I'm not
0: complaining. I'm not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a good point, though. Right?
2: <laughs> so you decide to come out. Did you work out for a lot of teams? No, I only worked up for four teams. Oh, oh. see, look, look, there you go. There you hey, go. He boy. like y'all to the golden boys. I y'all well, two on the when he hey, went and know, said it did dinners, got winded down, got talked to nicely and all of this stuff. Like <laughs> <laughs> I had to go to like 18, 19 workouts, my dog. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was on the move. I was on y'all boys were taking just a couple hey, flights. Did you think you was gonna get drafted by somebody
0: else than them? Yes. So I mean, logically,
1: Simmons was going one. Ingram went two. And then it was going to be Boston, Phoenix, Minnesota, New Orleans, and then Denver. Mm. I only worked out for Boston, Phoenix, New Orleans, and Minnesota. Oh!
0: So yeah. I didn't even know. Like I didn't work out right, for Denver. Right. Why so, it like that though? Why all the teams that you don't work out for, everybody <laughs> to kick you? Like, man, you uh, refused to work out for the Clippers, and they picked our ass anyway.
1: True. Man, uh, I don't know. So they took Jalen Brown. They needed a wing. So they took Jalen Brown uh, for Boston. They took Dragan Bender on Phoenix. So it could have been me and Book in the backcourt.
2: Ooh.
1: Minnesota had Wiggins, Zach Levine, Towns. They took Chris Dunn. Then Pelicans took Buddy. And then that's when I was like, okay, well, where am
2: I going? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then Denver, Denver took me next. Ooh, hold up though. It could have been, ooh, y'all would have been the head of the whole, like, y'all would have, ooh. Y'all would have been, ooh, that's just, y'all would have been like right up there with the light skin association duos right there, just killers, <laughs> like the Splash brothers. They would have to give y'all a nickname, you and Deep book out there, Whew. Man, that could have been a lot of fun. That'd have been a whole lot, a whole lot. So you
0: in Denver? Did the air catch you?
2: Like when you got the out of the, the altitude,
0: altitude. <laughs> did, did yeah, it the,
1: catch the, you? Like... the air still catches me. I go up the stairs of my house. And I'm like, whoo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered, like the Denver players, did they have an advantage because they work out and they they live and they play? So they then when yeah. they go to other states, do do they be just like extra in shape? <laughs> the other no, people.
1: no, no, we do, for sure. When teams come to Denver, like they, in the first five minutes, they'd be
0: tired. Oh, yeah, like, we know
2: that. Fun. We know that. We felt that before.
0: Oh, so the bubble took y'all advantage away, huh? Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, I don't I think about the air as much like that. I just, you know, I just go out there who- Straight up. Yeah. Straight so, Denver, how do you like Denver? I love Denver. good uh, place, right? Yeah, lovely.
1: And, you know, it's low key, it's not too much, it's not too crowded. I can still move around, and uh, I got a place like five minutes from the ten Center, so I'm just, I'm just chilling, man. I'm just cool, and I love where I'm at.
0: Your first couple of years, I feel like you was trying to find it. You was looking for it. You was looking for your rhythm. You was looking for your mm-hmm. timing. Right now, it's like you got your timing. What changed?
1: I'd say just picking my spots better. There's a balance between you know, scoring and passing and facilitating as a point guard You know, and as a scoring Point guard, you got to like. I know I have Joker, you know, who can pass and, and run offense, but it's just in terms of like winning has got to be priority at all times because there's so much other factors that you don't want to let, you know, fluttle your mind. Like, right. we can be a D team, there's only one ball and we got a lot of guys like a hoop, and you want everybody to have fun, and I want to be a guy that, you know, my teammates enjoy playing with, you know, so
2: That's big. Um,
1: sometimes when I got to sacrifice a few shots or, or a couple of rhythm shots for. You know, Mike to get going, for Joker to get a post-up for an easy one, for a couple guys that come off the bench, to, for them to get the rhythm, you know, I, I got to do that as a point. And a lot of people don't see it as a sacrifice I got to make. Um, they say, why aren't you scoring more? You know, why aren't you doing this more? It's like, cause, you know, there's so many other other factors that go into it that come into winning the game, you know, so that's where I'm just trying to pick my spots for. Will Barton, he's kind of my vet in, in a sense. Uh, he told me that, you know, in the bubble. You know, if the team's got it going, you know, let, let them keep going. You know, don't, don't try to force a shot too much. Let the team roll. And then when the game gets late, you know, then you and Joker can try to find whatever you need to find. And that really helped because when the team had it going, the whole bench started to pick up. And the guys yeah. came in with confidence. And it was just like this kind of – this momentum that kept going. So um, it's still a learning process for me. I'm still learning. And I'm still going to grow. I'm going to have my ups and downs. But um, it's been a whole lot of fun to, to go through this
0: lesson. Straight up. Straight. Let's talk about this experience you had at the bubble. You know, this is history in the making that you played, and a lot of your highlights is going to be shown for <laughs> years and years to come. Like we, me and my homeboys, was arguing which highlight they gonna put on there—the one with the three sixty or the or the other. One, you know what I'm saying? Well, so, which one was your
1: favorite?
0: I like the three sixty. I like the three sixty layup. I thought that was sweet right there. That was that was mine right there.
2: Nah, I'm not. I didn't have a play. I had I like the the mentality that just was taking over. I was like, dude, this is the definition of a walking bucket, young boy, young boy. You know, you play two K, you a three level score scoring machine, floor spacing, whatever you want to call. I'm like, dude, he giving these people everything, every which way possible. That's what I was loving. I was just like, yo, I didn't know he had this much. And it was like, you showed me a whole nother level right while we were just sitting there. I mean, everybody, basically, you showed everybody a whole nother level Right while we were just watching. You stepped,
0: stepped a couple of blocks up
2: this,
0: <laughs> this performance in the bubble. Like, uh, I had to figure it out, man. I'm definitely excited to see more of you and what else you can go and how far you can go, because man, you, you definitely showed us all. But what was your experience like? How was the bubble for you?
1: It was a lot of fun. I can't complain and you know, I was out there, I was hooping, I was having fun, we was winning, but it was just like, there was no distractions for me, there was no, I gotta go talk to people, I gotta go do something, it was just, you know, hoop, this is what I love, hoop, go back to my room, eat, sleep, like you said, get on 2k, mm-hmm. like, just stuff like that, like, just chill with my teammates, then go back and hoop, so I kept that, like, every single day, I was playing basketball, and I wanted to have a mentality every time I stepped on the court, practice for the game, and I kept that, and, uh, you know, that worked for me, so I was able to not just not have a streak of staying locked in, but I was able to like have a goal of being locked in every single game.
0: Yeah. you know, at first when we started looking at the bubble, it looked like the best players at the AAU tournament. Did it feel like AAU type vibe? Like how the best how AAU was, tournament like, ever in the world? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I walk like... past each other every day. I, I I think I seen the video after Donovan had 55, and you were like, look, I gotta see this shit. I gotta <laughs> walk past. Them. Yeah, bus 55 on us. How was that to see the guys after you play them and just be around and just see everybody?
1: No, yeah, it was cool. It was cool because you know, I got to hang out with some guys from other teams and then, you know, go and play them the next day and stuff like that. So, you no, know, I think the NBA as players definitely got closer. And, like, it wasn't ideal for anybody, but at the same time, it was an experience and it was a once in a lifetime experience. And it was a lot of fun to be able to go through that and you know, see guys that he's about to play them and have the families over as, as the rounds got later. And, you know, just play basketball. That was really the only, only reason why we were there. So it was a lot of fun, man. And I you know, wish I could go back and, and try to you know, correct some things to be out there playing more, but got to wait till next year.
2: You guys have continue to battle back from, you know, three to one. And, and it's pretty much, you know, you, you go back to that hotel three and one. You human. At some point, it crossed your mind, like, well, we about to go home. Well, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what did you learn about yourself and your teammates to, to, to just push y'all through that? I think we surprised ourselves with how good we are. You no, know,
1: everyone knows we got one of the deepest teams, but we really got one of the best teams, like one of the closest teams in terms of you know how we handle each other off the court and how much fun we have and how we move the ball and you know, how much guys get in and out the game. Like, like when I was we was down two-one and then we went down three one next day. I was like, if we if my room had so much boxes and shoes and stuff, and I was like Right. I was like, I did not want to pack. I just <laughs> I, I was procrastinating packing the whole time, and I was looking at my room like, if we lose this game, I gotta pack this whole room up, <laughs> and, whole room up. and that I just kept that. So I went to the next game. So I, I went to the game with some not packing. I'm not, I don't want. I do not want to pack. And so we, we no, won. Not, game not, we won. not packing was the battle cry. <laughs> <laughs> we won. We won game five, and I just kept that routine. I went back to the room says, so I'm still not packing. Yeah. <laughs> That was a lot of fun I just kinda keep those little goals and those little check marks in your mind, and like I said, we surprise ourselves you know we we surprise everybody and and that's what we've we'll been doing. that's what I've been doing in my whole life and just
2: trying to prove everybody wrong and
1: now we got the target on our back, yeah. and
2: we defend it so yeah, how was it to be like in real time when you were there in the bubble, and you and Donovan were doing what y'all were doing in that series like how was that? Were y'all talking to each other? Cause I knew, Like he said, y'all could see each other. But like like when it was really literally going on, like how what was that feeling like? Because that was like one of the sickest and all time great duels in the playoff series that, you know, y'all put on. Y'all are part of history right there, like back and forth, 40, 40, 50. Like it, how was that to be the focal point of that duel?
1: It was a lot of fun. It was just it's crazy when you put your mind to like just doing whatever it takes to win, everything else kind of falls into place. And then I get in that zone of um, just not missing and the team relying on, on shooting and, and everything. And we couldn't get a stop. That's the biggest <laughs> thing. We could, we could like nobody nobody can stop each other. That was so we come down, and I come down, hit hit two threes in a row, and he come down and hit two threes in a row. And then I come down and make a pass and joke gets a layup, and he come down, throw, throw a lob to Rudy or something. It was just like back and forth. Was, we just couldn't stop each other. It was it was crazy when I, when you go back and I
2: yeah, it was so live, dude. Like me as a fan, former player, we sitting here on the patio watching, jumping up and down, getting hyped. Like this is crazy. <laughs> like these boys are blacking out right now. They don't know where they are. They just killing. <laughs> like it was crazy. Only thing I wish is if there was fans there, that would have been so much that's crazier. what that's that was the only thing. Cause mm-hmm. you know, you when you get that fan, you know, somebody might do something extra crazy thing. like in your ear right now. Especially in Denver. Ooh. How was how was that? Like, how was I know that fan base went bananas and still are going bananas over what y'all just did. How have y'all been received by the community and by by the Nuggets Nation?
1: No, exactly how you would expect it, man. It was, no fans are crazy. Uh, we got some of the best fans in the world. They're so committed and you know, when I got there four years ago, there wasn't, you know, you could jump from seat to seat a little bit. You know, <laughs> right. When you go on the highway at two o'clock, three o'clock, there, there was no, no rush hour. And now it's like city's just growing in every, in every possible way. It's cool to see and cool to watch it develop.
0: When you was in the bubble, you was wearing these special shoes with statements and stuff that really meant something to you. And what made you do the whole shoe thing and what inspired that? Well,
1: I started wearing them when we went down 3-1. I got them custom-made to play in, and I never really got to play in them or picked to play in them. And, you know, I just – I wanted to wear them to to keep fighting, uh, knowing that if we're going to lose, we're going to go, you know, with the message, we're going to go with the bang. And we kept winning, and I just kept wearing them, wearing them. They were kind of worn out uh, from the bottom, but I decided to wear them for one more game. You know, that's when game six happened. And I just kind of kept that similar to me. Anytime I wear these shoes, I'm going to play as hard as I can. You know, miss or make. You know, no matter the outcome, I'm just going to play as hard as I can. I can give the game that. I can give these shoes that. And I can honor the people on the shoes with how hard I play. So that kind of kept me going deep down. And, you know, the emotional game was uh, just all, everything built up. Everything from as a black brother talking to another black brother, you know, just everything that happens, everything that we see that we can't always say the way we want to say. You know, that was my one way of being able to express that.
2: I think all of us, you know, like you said, from brother to brother, we all felt that, bro. Like when I sat down, watched, and you know, you could see that you were getting overwhelmed with with emotions. And it's just like you said, like it's being in that spotlight, it puts us in a peculiar situation where it doesn't matter what we say, it's going to be criticized. It's going to be a lightning rod for, for controversy on either side. So it's like sometimes. We stuck not being able to, you know, use our voice the way we would really want to naturally because you got to go through all these channels to make sure you being PC and not about to, you know, destroy yourself and all of this stuff. But I think we all definitely felt felt that moment and, and we was with you on that, man. And that was a, a huge moment. And, you know, the, for you to rep Brianna Taylor like that, man, we salute you for going out there and doing it that way. Yeah,
0: sure. it was a those after scoring 50, all
2: these emotions. All that stuff. <laughs> Tell me what you do as far as like to take care of your body, because you look at it and you've been one of the most durable guys. You play a lot of minutes for for your team, and you play all of the games. Like as a, as a rookie, you you did you started ten, but you still played in all eighty two games. Like yeah, everybody we know the grind that you know an eighty two game season is with the travel and all of those things. Tell me how how what you do to take care of your body and keep keep pace with everything, being one of the guys that's at, you know, top half of the league and minutes played but still being durable and being, being available most of the games like that because that's not an easy feat.
1: I think I do a lot of it with my mind. You know, I do a lot of stretching. I think a lot of players, like, they'll get the training and they'll just do, you know, the, the manual stretches, you know, that they always do. I do a little more deeper stretches where it's kind of they bring the kung fu into it, you know. So, you know, my dad, I'll you know, lean him against the wall, up and by my on my leg on my dad's shoulder. And, you know, I'm just trying to see how high I can go. My leg is like all the way up to almost to my head. And, um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's different stuff like that, man, where you got to stretch your mind and um, uh, not limit yourself. Because, you know, you limit yourself, you kind of like fall into this trap of, you know, okay, my knee hurts. I don't want to push it. You know, I I don't want to do that. But for me, it's like, I see that as a challenge. It's how can I get better? How can I go out there and still do what I need to do? So. I just try to challenge myself everywhere I go and I do a whole lot of cold topping, a whole lot of icing and heat and just try to stay warm.
2: You just mentioned your pops. I saw a special, it might have been like on NBA TV or ESPN or one of them. I saw a special with him and it was talking about how how involved he is with you and hands-on. Like, Talk about the impact he's had on you and how he's helped you in your quest to become a pro baller and all of that stuff.
1: Oh, well, Helping with everything. I mean, we do this together. I can't just say, no, I just got to the NBA or I just got good. Like everything I've learned is from my pops. Everything I've learned on the court and off the court. Um, I kind of mentor after him. So when you're looking at me and talking to me, you're kind of talking to him at the same time. And so I just keep that with me, knowing that you no, know, he's my idol in terms of everything I want to be. You know, he's true to his value, he keeps things that true to his heart. I mean, you know, he doesn't get sidetracked with you know, all the distractions and all the people. You know, he just wants to, you know, make me realize, no, I can be great, you know, at this game. And I know if I just dedicate, if I give the game everything, the game will give everything everything back. So um, you know, he's been involved in every situation.
2: That's awesome, man. I I loved when I saw that story out because, you know, we need more of those stories where where we got fathers just involved and being impactful like that and just listening to you talk says it all. That that's awesome. Appreciate it. I wanted
0: to ask you about
2: when y'all gonna
0: play Bobo. You know what I'm saying? I want to see Bo Bo out
2: there his <laughs> thing. What do you think
1: about Bo? That's not a question for me, man. We all know Bo can play. Uh, he's he's like a lot of, like a lot of rookies. They just got to play, and they're going to have a lot of learning mistakes.
0: Like,
1: you know, he's got a lot of talent. He's got a handle, and he plays like a guard.
0: Like yeah, he, I would you amazed to see how big he was? To, well, you played with Thon, so <laughs> like, yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen all the different times. <laughs>
1: Bo Bo's different than Thon was, though. Uh, Bull realized like like he really like hesitate the like, crossover hesitate like, like oh and he's shit and he's, sure, you're not blocking either so no he's got a game man he's gonna be a lot of fun to watch he's gonna be a lot of fun to watch when he uh, when he gets on the court
2: hey, I know I know what I wanted to ask you like because you said you know since you all the levels you kind of were used to growing up and having that one two punch like do you feel like all of those like grade school high school and college on up to now perfectly prepared you and got you ready to be playing alongside Jokic a a perennial all-star and now you emerging to be that and that got you groomed for that role to be able to play off the one-two.
1: Yeah because I've never really like played behind somebody for a long period of time like you know Mm. um, but like in terms of teams like I've never really played behind anybody so I've always had to figure out you know how I'm gonna use the team how I'm gonna play how I'm what style I'm gonna use if I'm just gonna be catch a shoe from a play off the ball, on the ball for playing through the post, or not. Like, I've seen it all. I've played with Tyler Eulis, you know, my eyes town,
2: Chicago. That's little Shatown right there.
1: Yeah, he, he's, he's tough. He's tough. He
2: tough. Oh, what? He's he tough.
1: He, little dude, no, I, tough I, I, as they he, come. He, he, he toughened me up when I first got him and Briscoe, toughened me up when I first got to Kentucky. That was my first year in the States, and they used to beat on me and, and, <laughs> and, and, and push me around, and, and they really got me. I was obviously. More obviously more talented, but like in terms of like toughness, they really got me going and pushed me every single every single practice. Yeah. I never I've never been stripped more than Tyler Euless, ever before. My
2: best friend was the first one to put me on him. He like he played, he was from out south in the suburbs where uh in Chicago. And my best friend lived out there and he was like, he can he was like, hey man, they got a little dude out here outside. Cause you know, he's small. He like my my boy, he's short. You know, Rio always like a little short guard. Yeah. So he was like, bruh. He like when I then, but then when I went to go see him, I was like, oh, <laughs> like I started looking him up. I say, no, nah, this kid is serious, and the rest is obviously history. But yeah, he' tough as nails. Hey, I love you, hey, man. He he was, talking one on one like he just everything was just so smooth, and
1: he get by you so quick, and it's like, man, this guy's nice. What
2: I loved about his game is that. You know how a lot of dudes do stuff for flash and overdo this. Like he was so nice. I'ma float you, I'm gonna do this. I ain't gonna I if it ain't gotta be flashy, I ain't gotta do it. Like so I'm, natural. It was just so natural, game. Nice. Right? He was yeah. so solid, boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me how great it was to play for Coach Malone, because I feel like he kind of flies under the radar as one of the best coaches out there, and he and he has great relationships with his players and stuff. I actually worked with his father, Brendan Malone. So I, I know him a little bit better than I know your coach, Michael Malone. But everything that okay. I've seen from yeah, Coach Brendan Malone, the man, that's the that's the man right there. That is all his pops, the man in them. Hey, like, you, you sound like a whole man when you say, I actually worked with his father, you know. <laughs> oh, here you go. See, 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 that's why I gotta take the picture I took earlier, because you see how he trying to come at me. <laughs> but now nah, tell me how that was getting to play for Coach Malone and getting to know him. No, that was cool, man. We're like, this, that was my fourth year, about to be for my fifth year.
1: And just, I, I, we've grown together. We've grown from backing up Gary to, to starting um, over Jameer to uh, almost making the playoffs, to making the playoffs and then losing two, losing the game seven and come back in the bubble and go to the Western Conference Finals. Like, every year, we just try to continue to grow, continue to get better. And he puts a lot of trust in me. He puts a lot of trust in his players. And, you know, as long as we play defense, you know, he, he doesn't really try to say too much. Um you know, it's been a lot of fun to you know gain that trust from a coach that you was know, willing to give it. So
2: what I like to ask now, you know, you got a lot of money now. So you can got a lot of money. I wanna know what what, what you did when you when you got the bag where you just said right, hey, I got I'm, I I got I'm different like that, bro. I'm different like that. I don't I don't see money like that. Money's
1: just paper though. Money's just paper, bro.
0: But you ain't treating yourself to that.
1: Listen, listen, it's you want to hear
2: you just spent it like it was just paper.
1: No, you want you want to eat? no no. Listen, <laughs> I'm in. I'm going into my fifth year yet. Okay. I don't even have a
2: car. Oh, so no, wait. Not- so what you what you got a bike? What you doing? <laughs> what you doing? You got a, you got an electric bike? How you getting around Denver? you got a mountain uh, bike?
1: No, actually, yeah, I do have two scooters, but uh, no, I, I I get rentals. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you say you get rentals? Yeah, so I just drive rentals around. And, and time and, out, time out, time out. Public service announcement right now. <laughs> the, uh I don't care, whatever your local what car you like, Mercedes, BMW, whichever one you like, the local <laughs> Denver place, hook my man's up. He don't need, you ain't you just gotta let him have it. Let him lease it out oh, at yeah. the end of the year, oh, he'll throw it know, back to you. But that's the thing, it's like it's not even a problem to me.
1: Like, I don't even think of it like that. It's just I just lived the same way like
2: growing up. I don't even think about But know, that's why I'm saying it right now for you. You're gonna get proposition. As soon as this video is out, they're gonna all come clamoring for you. They I'm want gonna, Jamal I'm Murray in their vehicle. Trust me. <laughs> it's a free vehicle for, it's for, from the for the rental. Man, for oh, free. vehicle. For free. I'm
1: just a little bit different, man. I don't know how I explain myself sometimes.
2: <laughs> I love it. I like it. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Stay that yeah. way. That means you're gonna go home with all your with all your coins that you walked in with. So uh. you know, I can save it for something much bigger. Everybody talking about the little stuff that you want to buy over here every now and then. I'm talking about it. I want to nah, buy that's, something. that's why I'm here. Like that was my question. But since you since you answered it the way you answered it, I'm gonna tell you, you ain't got to buy it. You ain't right. got to. You ain't was- got to. As you answered, that was the correct answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was ding, ding, ding. Mike, did <laughs> like <Bob that>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, somebody when they hear this video, they gonna proposition you. I just like, wait, Jamal, wait, who like somebody slacking? Them dealerships out there, man, boy, it's it's, it's play. It's, put it this way, it's players that they do, or ain't, ain't got the caliber that you got going. is getting free deals and stuff. Like I would, I had a free car deal in Phoenix, and you know, like I, ain't, I, ain't, I wasn't no all star, none of that, none of that. We was a good team, so everybody was getting some good, good stuff going on. But like, yes,
1: yeah, I, I ain't an all star yet, so I, you mean, know, I'm in your position too. Nah, dude, you, Max, man, on
2: you, 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 yeah, yeah. On <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. On dick, you like baseball, don't you? On deck. <laughs> Start bench cut.
2: Start bench cut. You start on the the spot. cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On. this this way, this way he's gonna get you going going around to get the, the, the social uh, media now. Uh, <laughs> I wanna start, <laughs> uh, start bench cut, Steve
0: Nash, uh, Vince Carter, uh McGrady. Is it Raptors McGrady or is it uh, Orlando McGrady? Orlando McGrady because uh, you
2: know T-Mac right there, when he just left uh, Toronto. You want to
1: talk, talk about a bucket?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to guard him, so listen, you ain't said nothing. Oh, that boy was hell on wheels, boy. VC
1: was like my favorite player. Like, I, I enjoy watching. Like, it was VC and MJ. Like, those are my two favorite players growing up. So it's hard for me to, in terms of talent, i probably say Steve and, and McGrady, but in terms of favorite player, I'm, I'm going to say Vince. So I'm going to avoid the question like that. <laughs> hey,
2: listen, he came, up, he came up right after that man went between the legs and made it, made it big time in, in, yeah. in Canada. You cannot argue with that.
0: <laughs> Who are your favorite five NBA players? Who are your favorite five? Not your top five, but your favorite five, the ones that you love to watch? All time. Okay, MJ. B Roy, I, I played Roy. He was so
2: much.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, that makes v- sense
2: though. Looking at your game, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> that makes so much sense. Go ahead, MJ VC B Roy.
1: I'm gonna have to say Steph and favorite. I'd probably put T Mac in
0: there then. Mm. Yeah, Mac. That's uh, my five. That, that, that man, when you came up, who who was you looking at to pattern your game after? Who was that? The couple of players that you was like, Man, I want to play like that, or the couple of players that you might have seen that you was like, Man, I want to get some of that in my game. Uh, because of my shot, I did watch a lot of
1: stuff, I watched a lot of Derrick Rose, just the way he would get to the rim. I know his explosiveness is a whole different type of story, but the way he would finish and get to the rim, and yeah, you use all that. Uh, Ray Kyrie handle. But I would always try to emulate, like I would always try to like come up with my own style. Like uh-huh. I always try to, I play a lot of one-on-one, like a lot of one-on-one.
2: So I've always tried to that's refreshing to hear because I don't think kids do that enough like how we used to. We used to can't go to court, top of the key. I I grew I grew up on the court right
1: across the street. Like I play one on one all day, and every day against anybody for, Like <laughs> and, so I'd be doing different moves of one dribble, two dribble, five dribbles, whatever we were playing. I've always tried to come up with certain stuff that, you know, only people can say, oh, Jamal, he does that stuff or he does this stuff or, you know, he well, makes yeah,
0: that. Dude, you, you, you see other players and you add what they add, what they have to your game, but you add it in the style that, that works for you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like everybody can. Yeah, I, I used the Steve Smith rule, but I I didn't use it as how he used it. You know, <laughs> I
2: that's interesting to hear you say B Roy, because I was like when I was working at NBA TV, we were going back and forth trying to figure out who your game reminded us of, like what player. And the first person I was seeing was Gilbert Arenas. Cause like you got the size like of a combo guard, 6'4, not, not like a 6'1, 6'2 point guard, but like you got the size to where any of those guys in 6'2", 6'1", they're have problems defending, you know, contesting your shots and stuff like that. That's the same way Gil was. He was a problem. Like, he could shoot over people. He was a little bit stronger than, ever, than most point guards. And then he, he had that in-between game like you do. But then Sam B. Roy was like, I might want to say him more than even Gil because, like, Gil was a little bit more... But like B-Roy, y'all got like that pace and that tempo that's very mm-hmm. similar and it may, it, it, B-Roy makes a lot more sense.
1: Yeah, He's, he, was a, he was like, he was so fun to watch, man. He was- Another person like, I had to check. He, he was bigger, like he could, he could post up guards if he wanted to, he could step up the
2: three, like he was tough. I wish he didn't get hurt, that's crazy. Yeah, excluding you, tell me your top five Canadian players.
1: Top five Canadian players ever? Yeah. Steve, uh, (laughs) (laughs)
2: something.
1: I feel like I'm doing a dishonor if I exclude anybody now. It's like, you
2: know, (laughs) 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 know, throw throw your honorable mentions out there, like, yeah, they get love too. Like, without me, uh, TT,
0: Steve, TT, who was. Mr. Thompson. Thompson. Mr. Thompson. Yeah. yeah, most definitely. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to say a- A.B., Anthony Bennett.
1: Because we had so much fun playing together, man, in the Pan Am games. I don't, like, you know, he's not in the league right now. He but blew, Look,
2: number one pick, he came out of there for a reason. They saw something. He's nice. Like, when I, when I was playing with him, maybe I just I just knew how to use him. But I would have him pick
1: and pop, hit him on the roll. He would be taking off two foot, like, almost, like, between the dotted line and the free throw line. Like. Oh, we saw the highlights. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna go with my my, my young and RJ and
0: Wiggs. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Is Drake the best rapper ever?
1: <laughs> He's not the best rapper. He is more of the one of the probably one of the best artists though. Like there's like there's a difference between like yeah, because he don't you know what I'm saying? Like he can he can sing, he can talk on the beat, he can flow, like he's got so many different flows, I'll call him more of an artist. Like and whatever he put out just crack. It don't even matter. Yeah, he he know he like he know how to he know how to make a banger, bro. Like he <laughs> Can't
2: miss. <laughs> he, he, got, he got the formula down.
0: Jake <laughs> <laughs> is the best rapper ever.
2: Tell tell me this though. Like best, how I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what.
0: The best the best rapper ever is, is Wheezy. Oh, oh, best no.
1: rapper alive! Best rapper is Weezy, man. No, we like you spent it on the
0: island. You had to have three albums. Who? What would the three albums be? From Weezy? No, from any any artist.
1: Oh, oh, that's 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 a tough question, my guy. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's
2: a tough question, I'll, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could just pick three like that. Uh, I'm gonna have to go to my. I'm gonna have to go to my, my. See, my, look, my, man, you know these young boys. Man, I ain't used to having no. They ain't had no CDs like we do. He got. He said, man, he got a whole thing the on his phone. He he, hey,
1: he, he, hey, listen, I listen to more old school than you guys would think. I listen to Nas, Buster Rhymes,
2: all them, man. You don't. Nah, know- I No, mean. I believe that some of the young guys listen to it, but my point, see, he asked you if you was stranded on an island, which three albums? So, like, he said that because when we grew up, we had CDs. You feel me? We was carrying CDs, so like we would like. What's your three CDs that you would be stranded with? You have no concept of that because you had this iPod with a million songs the whole time, so you ain't <laughs> never been faced with like just three uh, give CDs. It in minutes. You only had those three CDs. Uh, no, I, grew, I, grew, I
1: grew up with I grew with the VCRs and CDs and okay, all that. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. There, there you go. Well, you know, feel me then? There you I go. Know, yeah, yeah. I would have to say one of
2: Buster Rhymes' albums. I think when disaster strikes. Hey, I people sleep. I saw Buster, you know, he been on social media these last couple few days and everybody like, look, hey, put some respect on Buster Buster's yeah. name
1: now. You go back and look at some of Buster stuff, man. It was crazy. You got some stuff.
0: Um, it was uh, crazy, crazy. So, we- I know you got to have a Wheezy season with the Carter. I'm going to say Carter Ford. Carter four, okay.
1: That's tough. <laughs> and I think a Nas album, I think, uh Elmatic.
2: Yeah.
1: still Maddox, I
2: think. Tell me this, like with the guys you just, you know, mentioned, and then I know, you know what I'm saying, now it's a bunch of young guys up and coming behind y'all out of Canada that's, you know, pushing forward now trying to make their mark. What type of pride do you guys give when you look around? Because I know how it is, like, you know, we go in high school, you go to Nike All-American camp, like, you know, Chicago, we up in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We like, yeah, we here. Like, how do it feel for y'all now to be like, we here at the table. Y'all putting some players in now. So it's like I get the vibe. Like, I know we used to go to camps and stuff. It's kind of segregated. You got New York over there. They think they the best. You got Chicago. You got L.A. Like, now... Y'all done stepped like, it's never been a conversation, you know, saying about, oh, the Canada guys over there. Like now y'all in the room, in the building and making noise, like how that feel?
1: I feel good. It's just, it's, it's a constant thing where you always, you know, you can't let up, you know, I can't just have one good game and just, you know, feel good about that. Or I like to build relationships, but I like to people to know that I, every time I step on the court, I'm trying to prove something. I'm trying to be better than you every single time I step on the court, you know, so. Having that mentality, man.
2: I, I love It's
0: fun to have the mentality. I love it. I love it. As to you being from Canada, like when you used to first start playing against the United States guys, did they used to be looking at you like you, you soft or you weak because you was from Canada? Like, you know how you yeah. just you play and they just looking at you? Oh, you, know the, oh, he you, know the, you know the answer to that. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it did. But, I mean, things change. Times change. And, and we kind of trying to change. Like I said, just trying to change the narrative. You know, you can say whatever what you want about guys until they start proving you wrong. Then you're like, all right, at some point, I got to start giving that man some credit. So, you know, that's what we're all about as Canadians. We, you know, we just try to keep proving... Y'all wrong. Well, look, look, y'all run. Yeah, y'all. y'all. <laughs> look, look, I, I, look, I know
2: you <laughs> co- you still continually on your quest to do it, bro. But you 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 got that respect. You can earn that, bro. Real time <laughs> yeah, They see you. They know it's work cup. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. All right, man. That's been a wrap, man. Y'all be sure to tune in and check it out, man. We had the young boy, the young superstar, the young buddy superstar, Jamal Murray, proud of Kitchener, Canada in the field, and we appreciate you, homie. Thanks for having me.
0: The Players' Tribune dot com.